If you appreciate this work, consider sharing it with a friend or supporting it on Patreon. The link is in the show notes and we are truly grateful for any contribution. Thank you. Hello and welcome. Thank you for taking time out to seek God. You've made a brave choice, and whether you believe in God or not, whether you're religious or not, seeking God is the greatest human pursuit. Here, we're taking the risk together that God is in fact there and wants us to pursue Him. The journey itself will be rewarding. In the time that we have together, we're going to worship, and we do this by praying, reading Scripture, and reflecting. This time, is your time to seek God, and my words are only to help. If you're able, you may want to kneel or sit comfortably. Calming our bodies is not only relaxing, but it also reminds us of our own limits and that a non-physical God is sought in non-physical ways. What matters most is that this time is set apart and is unique to the rest of the events in your day. So once you're comfortable, let's begin. Close your eyes and take a breath. You are about to speak to the creator of everything. And this is not meditation, which is turning inward into yourself. Prayer is intentionally reaching beyond ourselves to the source of everything. We're reaching into the void and what will happen is unknown. But isn't that where the adventure is? Now speak out loud or in your mind. God is not limited to what is spoken. He knows even your deepest thoughts. So express your intentions for this time. You can say, God, ultimately, everything comes down to what you're like. That's all that matters. Help me know you. Help me take you seriously. Now take a moment and express these thoughts to God in your own way. And now we'll read scripture. We read scripture because we believe that God has communicated, that he has revealed himself to people who have written their experiences for our benefit. (laughs) We will not understand it. And we're not Bible scholars. But what's important is that we receive it and believe that God communicates. Today, we'll read Revelation chapter 20, verses 13 through 15. These verses say, Then the sea gave up its dead, and death and Hades gave up their dead. All were judged according to their works. Death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. This is the second death, the lake of fire. And anyone not found written in the book of life was thrown into the lake of fire. If we're going to take passages that indicate blinding beauty and the redemption of all things seriously, 
then we must also be willing to take difficult and painful passages seriously. Is there anything scarier than a lake of fire? More so. Is there anything scarier than a god who would throw anyone there? But just like with anything scary, it's best to look it square in the eye and see it for what it is. To begin, where does this passage live? It's in Revelation, literally, apocalypse or revealing. Ultimately, Scripture is apocalyptic and revelatory, hence, revelation. The words are dripping in symbolism, poetry, and deep meaning. Sometimes, Scripture interprets it for us. Most often, it doesn't. And, spoiler alert, absolutely no one understands it. Some pretend to, some think they do, but there is no one qualified to dispense the mysteries of God, save God himself. And he seems content to leave us guessing. Just look at the passage. The sea, whatever that is, gives up its dead. Likewise, death and Hades, what are they? Give up their dead. And not only are their dead, or some of them, transferred to the lake of fire, but death and Hades themselves are thrown into the lake of fire. Do you understand this? I don't, nor does anyone. Also, what criteria is used to determine if someone is thrown into the lake of fire? Their works. Works are the judging criteria. For the Protestant, this seems to fly in the face of being saved, quote, by faith alone and not by works. This simply adds more weight to the fact that we really don't know. But there are takeaways from this passage that we should consider carefully. First and most sobering, Scripture is not afraid to scare us. Whatever the ultimate reality is behind the lake of fire, it's bad. It is a bad thing to stiff-arm God. It is literally death to not be found in the book of life. God's judgment has real teeth, and you do not want to be on the receiving end of it. Second, anyone in the book of life was not thrown into the fire. God is life. Jesus has life in himself. Life comes from God. And that is why, even in the context of the most sobering of passages and existential threats like the lake of fire, we worship, we pursue God, because it is only in Him that there is life. Third and finally, a bit of conjecture. If God Himself is a consuming fire, and if the final judgment is a lake of fire, and if God will ultimately be all in all, so that there is nowhere or no thing that isn't brought into right standing under him, then is it a stretch to say that the lake of fire is God himself? And is it such a stretch to say that exposure to a glorious God without life would be a consuming death of sorts? Could it be that the lake of fire is simply a way of encountering God 
without the life of Jesus and the Holy Spirit, of God himself enlivening you, enabling you to experience his white hot energy? If so, and why not? Then the greatest human pursuit is to pursue God. And once again, we are right back to this moment of seeking him for the one thing he gives freely for the asking, life. And it is the burden of every human soul to ask it for themselves. God, giver of life, give me your life. Allow me to experience you in a glorious and life-giving way, both now and forever. Take a moment and express these thoughts to God in your own way. Thank you for taking this time. Feel free to stay here as long as you like. May God bless your day, and I look forward to being here with you again next time.